1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I am Jeremy Dionisio.
0: And I'm Jack Swakowski.
1: Um, And we are, uh, this is episode number 134, and we are going to be bringing you a recap, uh, again, of a baseball game that we went to, and again, seeing the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, taking on the Chicago Cubs uh, from September third of 2021 uh but first since it is number 134 episode jack what is your who is your 134 guy
0: yeah my 134 guy um so the last couple weeks not last week but the few weeks before we talked about some guys on the mid-90s cleveland indians and i'm gonna have another one here my 134 guy is carlos Bayerga, uh second baseman who finished his career with 134 home runs uh jeremy you remember carlos Bayerga?
1: i do um He's not, he doesn't there's I have no real strong like memories of him but uh, I definitely remember him as a
0: player. Yeah, he was on those Indians teams right. He was their second baseman right when I started getting into baseball. Uh, I think they kind of uh, stopped having use for him once they got Roberto Alomar. Um so that was kind of the end of him with the Indians but he did have a couple really good years in the early 90s 1992 uh, he had 20 homers 105 RBIs he hit 312 93 21 home runs 114 RBIs hit 321 um, that's pretty freaking good for a uh, a second baseman um finished his career with a 291 average and made 3 all-star teams as well so he was a pretty solid player he fell off pretty quick um and once he turned 28 he was that was his first full season with the new york mets and he was kind of uh not really uh he was kind of just an average player after that although in 2003 he hit 343 uh in 105 games looks like mostly as a backup so yeah eventually we'll get to this whole uh you know the whole (laughs) that whole indians team um you know it might be about 10 years before we get to jim tomey but you know we'll get there eventually
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I and again, you gotta wonder with that kind of balloon uh, of numbers there in the early '90s what if he had any help. Um, oh,
0: I was gonna say yeah, probably some help for sure, especially if he was on a, on a team with Manny Ramirez.
1: Yeah, and Albert Bell, I think, right? I
0: think yep. He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bell was on those teams too. And who knows?
1: You know, maybe Tomey as well. I. I, I, I I don't put it past. I, I don't. I, I can't rule out Tomey. I can't rule out Tommy. But, um, yeah. So like, um, yeah. That's weird. I had no idea that he had any homers, any years with with twenty homers, uh, maybe even let alone do- double digit homers. But but yeah, he even won the Silver Slugger in nineteen ninety four as a shortstop, uh, which is pretty, um, or like for the four shortstops, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I actually I actually have vague memories of his like his Diamondbacks stint. Uh, at the end. Of oh, wow. Corner. Really? Yeah. Um, like, I I don't know, just probably some random game against the Cubs or something. But um, yeah, he really bounced around there at the end. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I yeah, I, I just don't have like a great frame of reference for him. Like, um, I thought he maybe had a longer stretch of of um, production for those Indians. But yeah, I guess they, they replaced him pretty quick
0: yeah, two things, Jeremy. Number one, don't let a white Sox fan um, let let you, uh, you know, hear you say that you don't put it past Tommy to have done steroids. because oh, yeah. um, Tommy is one of those weird guys where like he was on the White Sox for a couple of years, and he's just totally embraced by the White Sox fan base for, you know, for just odd reasons. Uh, number two, uh, yeah. Barriarga got replaced by Roberto Alomar. Um, and you know, we may need to put a beep when we say Roberto Alomar's name, because he has been seriously canceled.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. He, he tried to do it like, um, just by being an asshole, uh, at first. And then they, 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 they let down the guard, they brought, they let him into the hall of fame after a year of penalty. And then he found another way to get himself, uh, um, canceled. So, so yeah. Um, also, I was gonna say Jim Tomey, uh grew up a Cubs fan too. So I'll, I won't let White Sox <laughs> fan know know that either. Um, but yeah, totally. Like it's like, yeah. Why is he like a beloved ex White Sox now? I don't know. It's it's weird.
0: Um, Jeremy, who's your number one thirty four guy?
1: Uh, Jack. For my number one thirty four guy, I picked a uh, catcher, uh, former catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, Ernie Witt.
0: Ernie Witt. Okay, tell me about Ernie Witt.
1: Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, Jack. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a lot to say about Ernie Witt. Although, um, uh, I like, yeah, I like his his agents on Baseball Reference. His agents were himself and Richard Box, <laughs> 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 which is weird. It sounds like a, it's like they're like, we don't want you to represent yourself, and so he made up an agent, and he's like, uh, his name is uh, Richard. Uh, box and he like looked at a box and he's like oh box yeah richard box uh- <laughs> yeah yeah one of
0: those things right yeah. that's where they said like mike michael Kane came up with his uh uh you know stage name because he was on a telephone and they're like well what do you want your stage name to be and he, he looked up and the cain mutiny was playing so he said michael Kane yeah. it's a true story um yeah but that's yeah very similar to richard box <laughs> i feel like that guy's business card would be like think outside the box or something um right. which actually would be telling you to not hire him <laughs> right but Um, good stuff. I like the way this guy looks too, just from his baseball headshot.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's definitely like an eighties looking guy for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, I don't know, like, um, he was just kind of like a, an average catcher. Like he, he had decent power numbers and like probably decent, decent average for a catcher, (coughs) like during, honestly, kind of like late later in his life, like in his thirties, I feel like he kind of like kind of blossomed a little bit. Um, after age 31, he made it the All Star team in 1985. Uh, he hit uh, 19 homers and batted 245. Uh, he's a career 249 hitter with 134 homers, of course. And um, um, Jack, the reason why I he's kind of like fresher on my mind is that he's he's kind of peren- perennially he's a Cana- um, he's not even a Canadian, but he's he's perennially the Team Canada manager when Team Canada plays like in the WBC. Or, oh, wow. or I don't even know if, like, an Olympic team. I don't know if he manages the Olympic team, but he's, he's usually the WBC manager for Team Canada. Um, and this is where it gets frustrating, Jack, because I know that I have some memory of Ernie Witt, like, during a press conference, uh, a post-game press conference for Team Canada, and I, I, I could have swore he said something funny, but I could, can't find the video anymore. This is, at, at best, um, like, eight years ago. Um, that this may have happened, but I was just going back through the annals of like WBC, and in 2013, I don't know if you remember this, Jack. I, I don't even really remember it, but this is, has to be of when I like made this mental note of of Ernie Witt. But there was a brawl between Team Canada and Team Mexico in the WBC, um, and it was a, it, it was a pretty nasty brawl. You can find videos you can find video of the brawl. But basically, what happened is um, Team Canada was up like nine to three and uh, in the ninth inning and like one of the team Canada batters laid down a leadoff uh, bunt down the third base line. Um, and normally that's, that's Bush league. And that's like, you know, that that's a, uh, one of the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, but the WBC scorekeeping, like uh, they use um, run differential uh, or run totals or something as like one of the like tiebreakers. So there was like, Motivation for Team Canada to do that. Uh, sure, but the third baseman for Team Mexico told the pitcher like to throw throw it in the ribs uh, for the next guy, and the Ooh. the Team Team Mexico pitcher like threw three straight pitches like inside uh, on on the next Team Canada guy, and there was a brawl, and uh, I'm pretty sure Ernie Witt said something funny like in the postgame press conference, but I can't find the video no longer exists sadly, but. Uh, I I know that like I remember he did something. I'm like, oh, Ernie Witt. I never knew like he was a a funny guy or something. So um, I'll keep looking for that video and maybe I'll share it on a future episode. But uh, but yeah, so he was a, you know, a great 80s catcher uh, for the Blue Jays. But um, he's had a second stint as a team Canada's manager.
0: Yeah, I guess wit is an appropriate name for him if he gives a good, a good interview. I, um, yeah, one thing about, uh, so yeah, uh, this is a, yeah, I, you know, that that's a guy who was a little bit before my time, so I was not really aware of him. So uh, yeah, thank you for pointing him out to me. One thing about Michael Caine, Jeremy, his real name Maurice Micklewhite. Uh, number two, though, I played Michael Caine in a production that you wrote called Kitty Massacre in like one very short
1: scene. So there you go. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I didn't know that Michael Caine used a stage name.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, you you, you look at the guy and you're like Maurice Micklewhite. Like no, <laughs> no, his name is Michael Caine. Like that's ridiculous. But that's yeah, that's Michael Caine's real name. Which is I wonder if he still goes by that like on all his legal documents and his driver's license. I don't know.
1: That's interesting. Um,
0: it, it, it is. Yeah.
1: I also think that that scene uh, where you play Michael Caine is pro- is maybe my favorite scene of that whole that play if I if I that, can that was a
0: good one yeah I, I I pride myself I I'm a good impressionist Jeremy and yeah. uh, you know I've done a few of them on this podcast um, you know I'm a little hungover this morning so I can't do Michael Kane so I don't think <laughs> I can get to that place but I can't get to that place today folks but you know maybe on a future
1: episode <laughs> that's fine we are doing a rare like daytime recording here it's afternoon at this point but um, but yeah we did get we did uh, go to see the Cubs and uh, Pirates uh mm-hmm. caught, caught the Pirates second time while they're in town here in Chicago um so um, we got that re- recap. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And
0: Jeremy, like you said, no one can say that we're not baseball fans if
1: we caught the Pirates twice in one week. Yeah, the the yeah, not the 1979 Pirates, the the 2021 <laughs> Pirates, so.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so Jeremy, we did the thing where uh we we both went to the park separately again.
1: We did, yeah. And uh so I I don't know. I don't know if I'm just feeling like, you know, that summer's winding down and I want to just get in like as much baseball as possible, but I I ended up, uh, going like as when the gates opened, uh, yesterday. Uh, so it was Friday, um, Friday afternoon game in Chicago, um, which means a one twenty start, uh, at Wrigley. Uh, I had the day off. My, my, my work just gave us the day off, uh, as a sign of thank you for you know, a hard summer that we, that we worked or whatever. So I had the whole day off, which was nice. So I'm like, eh, you know, screw it. I'll, I'll go to, uh, the park early and, I do like kind of just sitting because I think because what it is like, you know, as as evidence last time with the White Sox team where you're scrambling around trying to get food and trying to dodge people and everything. And like, you know, I get so frantic trying to get to my seat that if you can get there early and just chill and just sit in the seats and like, you know, let the feel the breeze and stuff like it, it's a great feeling. Um, so I, I think I so I, that's one thing that I like about getting there like super early. So I got there like as the gates, I actually got to the gate before. 11:20, which is when the gates open. Uh, so I had to like stand there for a minute and then they let people in. Uh, but I, I went in and I got to see, um, they weren't taking BP that day because um, there was a long, there's an extra inning night game the night before. Um, and it was like a day to day game after night game. So, um, and both of these teams are completely out of contention. So it's like, why, why take uh, BP uh, on a Friday after a Friday morning? Um. So, but the pitchers, uh, the Cubs pitchers were, were playing long toss, um, uh, along the, the foul line. So I went down there and I was like, I got to watch a lot of these pitchers like throw like full speed, uh, or at least like you know ninety percent of the way there, like at like ground level with them, which is f- frightening. Um, I'm trying to think of who I saw uh, throwing. Like, Rex Brothers was throwing. Cody Hoyer was throwing. Manny Rodriguez was throwing. Um, and like, so at one point Manny Rodriguez turned around and was like throwing towards, uh, me like throwing towards the fans and like he was throwing to a a guy squatting down and, uh, it was, uh, it was frightening to see at, at, at like real speed. Um, but Manny Rodriguez was actually really cool. He was like throwing balls to people and like he was signing autographs and taking pictures and stuff, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, I didn't have a card with me, um, so I didn't I didn't get an autograph. But it was just cool. Um, he he was a nice guy. Um, uh, I went over to um, the Pirates side after that and was watching some some pitchers throw. Um, Anthony Banda was was throwing. Uh, JT Brubaker was throwing, and he's actually starting today for the the Pirates. Um, but Brubaker was 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 throwing. Um, so this was the day before his start. So he was kind of like getting some tune up in. And uh, then he like the kids were like asking him for a ball, and he actually he threw the ball to a kid, and so like w- this is like in the corner in the right field corner, and like everyone's like lined up like as the the seats you know go up, um and it gets to like the higher wall, um the kids were like all lined up a- along the wall, and Bru- Brubaker was like playing catch with all the kids, so he would like throw nice. the- yeah he would throw the ball to a kid and then he's like throw it back throw it back and like then he would like throw it to another kid and throw it back and then like he just there was like. I don't know, like, 12 kids, 12, 13 kids, like, lined up along the wall, and he would take turns throwing it to all of them and then have the kids throw it back. Um, and then it was funny. At one point, he goes, like, all right, down the line. And then, like, he, like, like, he threw it to, like, the first kid and then, like, back and then the next kid back and, and all the way until he got down the line. And then um, the, la- the first kid that he, like, started playing catch with, he's like, all right, you, uh, and then I got to run. And he threw it to that kid, and then he's, he, like, went off and, and did some stretching or whatever. But that was really cool of JT Brubaker. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's there's kind of an ongoing theme, Jeremy, which we will see later, that, like, the Pirates, for the most part, uh, and just from our experience uh, after the game, too, were pretty nice guys.
1: Yeah, nicest team in baseball, maybe.
0: Yeah, right. Nice. Hey, and nice guys finish last,
1: man. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Well, there you go, folks, that take that—yeah, make sure that that's— um confirmation that that saying is true. Um, yeah. Real quick before, um, like while I was in that section, I, sh- I also wanted to mention um, there was a Cubs security guard who went around um, and was like, <clears throat> he was like, he, he he's an older guy. He was kind of like walking, he walked slowly up to like the group of us like standing around by the wall and he's like, Baseball card, bra- baseball card. And I, I saw him handing out baseball cards. And he had like a stack of cards. And he was giving one out to like every kid that was there. And, and then he started giving out to every person. Um, and, uh, I, and when he got closer to me, he's, he's I heard him say, Pirates baseball card? You want a Pirates baseball card? And he had a whole stack of like old like junk wax era uh, Pirates baseball cards. And he, ha- wow. he handed me one. And he gave me, it was a 1990 Bowman Bob Walk card. <laughs> So that's, nice, that's, dude. That's, that's the one that I got. Um, it, it wasn't in great shape either, but, um, it's kind of funny because, um, ha- ha- having getting like, getting in, getting into cards and stuff. Like obviously you collect like, you know, rookie cards and autographs and variations and stuff, but you accrue a lot of base is what they call base cards. Um, I think, actually, I think I have like four or five stacks of them sitting at Jack's house that I probably should pick up at some point, but yes, you do. Um, but uh, but you accumulate all this base and you don't know what to do with them. Like you can donate him, I think, to some like kids' charities or whatever. But this guy has found an ingenious way to get rid of his old base, which is like separate him by team and then bring him to the game and hand him out to the kids waiting to, to meet the players. Even though ha- most of those kids are Cubs fans. But yeah, so he probably unloaded a whole stack of uh, Pirates cards, which was nice.
0: Um, Jeremy, so, we, yeah, we both bought scorecards. Did did, uh, did the, the lady in the gift shop just take one look at you and say, hey, like, you know, y- you look like you want a scorecard?
1: So, yeah, exactly. I, I, went into, I So, I, did, I didn't want to get the scorecard right away just in case I was, like, in case they were taking, like, BP or, like, you know, I had to, like, go for a ball or something. I didn't want to, like, be encumbered to have my scorecard. So, I, after I was done, like, kind of checking all that stuff out, um, I went back under, went to the gift shop. Um, and I walk in and like, I approach the counter and the woman just said like (laughs) scorecard. I'm like, yeah, scorecard. Um, I, I, I was thinking maybe it was because I like went up to the counter with like nothing in hand. Um, but she probably also, I, I I wonder if she even recognizes me at this point, but like, um, she just, I, it was like, it was an automatic transaction. So she handed me the scorecard. I I purchased my scorecard. Um, and then, uh, I also stopped to get some food, too, because it was still pretty chill in the park. Um, We're about 45 minutes now after uh, gates opening. So I got a Chicago dog. I think I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast last time. But uh, yeah, if you go to Wrigley, if I could recommend anything. I know we got those Italian sausages last time, which were really good. But I would recommend getting like either a, a hot dog or a Polish and then like loading it up with like all the fixings. They have like the whole bar there where you can get the green relish, the tomatoes, the onions, uh, the sport peppers. They used to even have like the shaker with celery salt, but I don't think they have that currently. But uh, you can still like dress up your hot dog Chicago style. It's pretty good. And that's If I had a friend from out of town coming into a Cubs game, I would definitely recommend them getting that.
0: Nice. Yeah. I also got a dog. I, uh, I got a Polish. Um, the conundrum here, Jeremy, was that, you know, they, they have the, the thing, the little machine where you insert your card to pay, but before you can insert your card, there's an option to like to tip, you know, 15%, 20% your choice. Um, you know, you can press one of three buttons and like, you know, it, it, usually I'm I'm most comfortable with just saying no tip straight up front because um, then I can press that and then put and then, you know, insert my card. But this one, like the guy didn't give me the option of just up front doing no tip, which is kind of bullshit. It's like now I have to do an extra step. I have to hit like, you know, custom and then write zero. So oh, it's Jesus. like, the, the, you know. Yeah, so like it's like yeah, you, you don't want to tip me? Well, you can go ahead and like do extra steps, and then also feel like an asshole, like so everybody knows what a cheapskate you are. Um, so that's fucking bull. That's fucking bullshit, man. So so yeah, I didn't fucking tip the guy. I put custom and then zero, and then like the guy was still like, "Have a good day, sir." But like you know, fuck that guy, man. Now he was nice. He was nice. They were both nice. <laughs> But, well, I was um, gonna
1: say, Jack. I don't think the guy himself programs the machine. No, <laughs> but no, you know, pr-
0: yeah, probably not, right? It's probably like and like maybe these guys don't even know that like they're getting tipped. It's like the you know knowing the rickets, like the rickets are probably just taking all of that fucking money too. You know, the tip is actually like a Wrigley Field tax or something.
1: Um, <laughs> well, with, the, but, with uh, the digital tip like that, I, they it it does get taxed, I think, because it's like reported. So that yeah, it's not it's not the best way to tip someone anyway
0: no no for sure yeah i mean if you want to really tip the guy you know tip him in uh tip him in cash yeah um but yeah you know so i didn't i didn't tip uh you know so i I pulled a mr pink from, from Reservoir Dogs, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, and I, I'm, I'm all about tipping, you know. Um, you know, peop, I, I think that people have said that I remind them of Steve Buscemi. I've gotten that. I think in the Rain Delay Theater movie, depending on what side of me you want to show, well, I know what side of me it would be. But it's like, you know, I, I feel like in a movie I would either be played by Steve Buscemi or, or James Woods. Um, for the Rain Delay Theater movie, I think it would be James Woods. But, uh, yeah, there, there you go. Um, so I did not tip. After getting my delicious Polish, which just it was it was also really good, Jeremy. Like I said, those things just melt in your mouth, it so was, it was good.
1: <laughs> the, those are good. Um, there's probably a lot to unpack in that, that last chunk of, of stuff yeah. there. But uh, one would be that I, I I don't think in good conscience I could work with James Woods. Um, if, if <laughs> no, he, not.
0: He, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I don't necessarily share James Woods' views about the world, but
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he uh, he was good in uh, in Videodrome. I guess, but... Never uh, seen it, never oh, seen yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it's a weird movie, uh, David Cronenberg. Um, another Canadian, just like uh, Ernie Witt. Well, Ernie Witt, the heck he, I, I always think Ernie Witt is a Canadian, but he's actually, he's not a Canadian. Um, anyway. No, he's from Detroit. Yeah, yeah, so anyway. Um, so as um, Jack is, um, I think Jack still probably wasn't in the ballpark at this time, but I'm, I'm ambling around, I'm, I'm walking around still, and um, I walked by, I think it was like it might've been like a, a handicap access like bathroom. Um, I'm not quite sure, but there was like an, there was an old guy, uh, with a wheelchair and there was like an, a ballpark attendant, like a Cubs worker, um, with like, like who had clearly helped him, like maybe wheeled him, uh, over to the section. I, I think it might've been a bathroom or whatever, but, uh, I heard the guy say to the woman, um, Hey, what's your phone number? Like, <laughs> or, or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, And he he then, and I think even without him, without her responding, he said, I'm friends with Tom Ricketts and uh, whenever one of you I'll help me, I make sure to pass your name over to them. But he was like, I think he was like getting their name and phone number. So they made sure that it was the right person that got credited or something. But I just, I, I was like walking really fast. So I was like, I didn't stop to like eavesdrop, but apparently this guy knows tom ricketts or whatever and like he puts in good words for people when they like help him i'm not sure what happens uh at after that i think tom ricketts just is like okay yeah yeah and like is like you know writing in mid like in in air like oh yeah i'm writing it all down uh arthur don't worry about it and then like he hangs up or whatever but um but yeah so this guy is uh he's looking out for the the workers with the ricketts uh, he's like the middleman to help them uh get raises or something
0: yeah, well, I, Jeremy, if I knew Tom Ricketts, I, I don't know that I would be bragging about it at this point. I, um,
1: I feel like this guy might be a little out of touch with everything that's going on. But, uh, but, yeah, he saw that first press conference in 2011 or whatever, and he's like, all right, Tom Ricketts, like, whatever. And then that's it. <laughs> no, no, no news stories about the Ricketts since then. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so that's that. Um, I think about at that time uh, we ended up um, – getting to our seats. I got there for a little bit and was uh was was chilling out but but Jack got there pretty soon thereafter.
0: Uh yeah, um Jeremy, you you kind of immediately pointed out to me a guy who in profile looked pretty much exactly like Mike Ditka.
1: Like exactly. He had like the the sh- same shaped head. He had like the gray hair and like a mustache, like a Ditka mustache. And he just he had even the the, the like the the posture of Ditka. Like he was kind of like hunched over a little bit and he looked like A kind of surly guy Um, and like I actually never saw his face full on but I'm like this guy looks like Mike. I I didn't think it was Mike Ditko but I was just like this guy looks like Mike Ditko it's uncanny it was kind of funny
0: you know yeah it's unfortunate I did get a look at his uh, his face head-on and uh, I kind of wish I hadn't because he didn't look any he didn't look anything like Mike Ditko when you just saw him from the front Uh but like when you saw yeah it just seeing the guy in profile uh, definitely looked exactly like him which was which was very uh, very weird, Jeremy. Have you, I'm sure you've seen the clip of Ditka rushing through the the seventh inning stretch.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: that's a, yeah. It's an all time classic. A very surreal uh, clip for sure.
1: It's it's weird. I, the the whole story behind it because I don't think I saw that live when it happened. But like mm-hmm. he was like supposed to be in like the the seventh inning stretch guest usually comes in like they usually do like the um the bottom of the sixth I think with the radio crew. And then they come. Then they, they they like stay in the booth during the top of the seventh and and get ready to step up. And then like when it's the inning is over, they step up and grab the mic and do it. And like Didko was like nowhere to be found. Like they couldn't find him. And so they were like so like uh, Chip Carey and Steve Stone were vamping. Like they're like okay, well um if if our guest doesn't show up, I think it's gonna be me and you singing the the uh, seventh inning stretch partner. And like they were up ready to start it. And then Didko like runs in. And that's why he's like out of breath. Cause he like probably ran from like a luxury box, like up there and um just saying it or whatever. And, but it's like, what I, Mike did cause kind of an asshole <laughs> or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even take the, the kind of out of it. But like, you know, I think he, he was just like big time in them and like, like talking to people and like bullshit. And he's like, yeah, I got to go sing, a, sing the stretch. And he's like, and then like, you know, the third out was made and they're like, Hey Mike, aren't you supposed to be up there? And he's like, Oh shoot, gotta go. And then like ran up there or whatever. And like, like, dude, like, don't agree to do it if you're not gonna like do it. Um, but uh, it was like one of the more famous renditions of the the stretch. So,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, oh, by the way, Jeremy, I found a clip of uh, Eric Estrada singing the seventh inning stretch, which I had never oh, seen before. But that really? that clip that clip exists. So I kept I keep meaning to share that with you. So maybe you know, maybe I'll share that with you, and next week we can break that one down. He was definitely drunk. Okay. Um, during that, which nice. is amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, so last time we were at a Cubs game. Uh, uh, Jeremy talked about how uh, right before I'd gotten there, the bullpen catcher who was on the field, like down the left field line, threw a ball into the upper deck with the intention of giving it to a kid. Um, and like, you know, some old guy made a great play on it and the, the bullpen catcher was not impressed. So this time the same thing happened. Um, the bullpen catcher, he threw it to one like guy with a kid, uh, like a little bit to the right of us. And then he was going to throw another ball right into our section. And so Jeremy was like, he, Jeremy had brought his glove and he was kind of trying to wait, flag the guy down, and it looked like the guy was pointing to Jeremy, and so then Jeremy, like he went away from me and he got like to a place where he could be by himself. He was waving where, me uh, over.
1: He was like waving. Yeah. He, he he was like go go right, go right, go right, and like, you know, keep in mind this is like he's on the field or, along the the fir- the third base foul line, and I'm up like, you know, we're in the upper deck box like a hun- like hundreds of feet away from him. It was weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, so Jeremy like goes up there and then like this other guy who was like with a, he was like the dad of like two kids. Um, like he was like, he starts to go up too. And like, he goes up the aisle and up the stairs. And so he's standing where the stairs are. And Jeremy's a little bit to his left, a few rows up. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But then the bullpen catcher throws the ball right to the dad. Um, and then just fucking, you know, basically tell, you know, tells Jeremy to fuck off. Uh, (laughs) Which, which sucked, man. I was like, uh, it, for you, Jeremy, that, that was the equivalent of like, you know, how sometimes like someone will wave yeah. and then you'll wave at them, but it turns out they're not waving at you. That was the, that was the baseball equivalent of that right there.
1: It it, it certainly was. And I'm glad that I, I'm glad I let you, I, I, I wanted you to lean back or I wanted to lean back and let you describe that because I, again, that's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what the hell this looks like from, from a third party, but yeah. Cause like, yeah, like I was like you know i and i'm 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 like brutally aware of that concept of like me you're, you're waving at me you're talking to me like and like i the guy was waving and i'm like i don't before i even did anything i kind of looked around, i even looked behind me to make sure there was no one behind me so i was like pretty sure he was waving at me um I don't, so Jack, do you, do you, was he, do you, when he started waving, do you think he was talking to me or do you think he was in fact talking to that guy in front of us? Dude,
0: I, I don't know. I was confused because yeah. it seemed like he was waving at you because he, then he kept, he kept like waving and you kept going back. Yeah. But then all of a sudden this dad stands up and I, I was like, at first when the dad stood up, I was like, is that dad just going to go by Jeremy and try to intercept the guy, uh, the bullpen catcher's throw? Yeah. Like, why is he standing up? But then, uh, yeah, man, I guess because we were like 150 feet away from this this guy and he was wearing a hat and we probably couldn't see his line of sight, um, you know, I, maybe he wasn't talking to you. Maybe he was talking to the dad the whole time.
1: Yeah, I, it, that has to be a possibility. Although I wouldn't say if I was that guy, I would feel bad because clearly I was he was like waving me right. And I, I went over like a whole section to like and, you know, till I was like not around anybody else. And um, it was just like. I, I would have felt bad, and I'd be like, oh, shit, this guy thinks I was talking to him. I guess I got to throw him a ball, too. Like, I thought out of guilt he would have just thrown me one, uh, but but no dice. So, it was a weird moment, and, like, you know, that, that's what you get for, like, you know, selling out and trying to, like, get someone to throw you something. Like, uh, luckily, there weren't enough people there to, like, be embarrassed or anything, <laughs> but it was a weird – it was just a weird moment. I, it was like, did I completely misread this whole thing, or did, did this guy just change his mind halfway through? Um, so yeah, that was a weird, weird moment. But I'm glad uh, I'm glad you were there to, to give a outside perspective on the situation.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so that yeah, that was a little bit before the game started, uh, and then the game did start. Alec Mills started uh, for the Cubs. We thought we were gonna see Hendricks again, but that was not to be. Um, so yeah. we saw Mills. I think this is my first time seeing Mills start a game, so that was cool. Uh, he had some weird um, entrance music though.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know it's getting harder and harder to tell. Um, if it's the entrance music or just like the like you know the bumper music that or like just the regular music that they're playing in the in the stadium, I this one I almost think at the time I was like this is this is a Mills's walk up music, but then when he came up to bat they played they played straight like kind of country music or whatever but this music they were playing while he so he can't the the team comes out on out the field and they're warming up and mills is, is throwing his warm-up tosses and they were playing this music and it was like this like it was this weird like i wrote it down as bar, <laughs> bar room rockabilly it was like was that the name of the song no 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 i don't that's just how i would describe it it was like okay it, it wasn't sure like it wasn't straight up rockabilly but it was like it was like barroom blue or something like fucking like like a b-side to like a george Thoreau good album but like not a good one or something it was like right dang, 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 like it was just <laughs> fucking weird and i'm like this is what alec mills personally selected to be played while he throws his warm warm-up pitches um and uh yeah, maybe I don't know. He he had a he gave up a hit to the first batter, but he he settled down after that. So maybe that 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 music kind of threw off his his game plan a little bit, and he gave up a, a leadoff single. But, um, but yeah, it was just weird, uh, and and it, it's one of those things that's interesting to, especially with all these new Cubs to to get to the ballpark and to hear like what their walk up music is. Like I said last last week, uh, Frank Schwindel comes out to Offspring, which is pretty cool. Um, so it makes me like him even more. But uh, yeah, Mill's interesting choice there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and Frank Schwindel, cool, cool guy. Cool guy, seemingly. Oh, yeah. um, uh, so the the announced attendance for this game there there were there were lots and lots of empty seats. Um, I'll give the Cubs credit for still doing like the guesty attendance thing. When the White Sox have low attendance, they don't they don't do that. Um, probably just out of shame. But the Cubs uh, you know the Cubs aren't afraid to to do it you know because um, they know mo- they draw well most of the time. So the announced crowd for this game was only about nineteen thousand plus. So just everywhere everywhere there were a lot of empty seats. Uh, our section was fairly empty too. Jeremy and I were able to have a buffer seat between us. No problem. And I think... I don't even know if there was anybody in the rest of our row. Uh, but but right. in front of us... So these four older guys, probably all in their 60s, um, came and sat in front of us. And one of the guys had a, had a cup of wine. Like, he had, like, a, a small, like, rocks... Like, plastic rocks glass um, full of wine. And this... Whoever did the pour for this wine. I guess they were trying to give him his money's worth cuz the wine was like fucking it was just like filled to the very brim and was like just about to tip over and the guy wasn't exactly holding it with a steady hand. So no. it was like, you know, it was it kept like going <laughs> to it was going to splash over. And also, who the fuck gets wine at a baseball game?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, there's so many things to unpack there for sure, but like um and like the other guys were drinking beer. I mean, maybe I give the guy credit for sticking to his guns. I I, 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 I like yeah, you know, At at that point in his life, I'm sure he's, like, not trying to impress anybody. Clearly not no. trying to impress anybody. He's um, like, I just want my wine, like, at a Cubs game. And so, like, yeah, it was this, like, crappy plastic cup. And he was swinging it around like a damn sailor. Like, he, like, yeah. I don't, I, he did eventually spill it. But, like, it was so cl- Like, he would get up and, like, let his friends pass by him and stuff. And, like, the the cup was, like, tilted over. It's like, if you know the movie License to Drive... Um, when, when, uh, Corey Haim th- takes his driving test, the guy, the test make the test taker, who is actually the dad, uh, from uh, fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think his name is James Avery. Um, nice. He's like, it's simple. Anderson, you spill my coffee, you fail <laughs> like, like uh-huh. something like that. And so like the whole time, instead of like marking him off, like with the clipboard, or oh, he's like, I don't believe in clipboards and he throws it out the window and he's like, if you spill this cup of coffee, like you fail. And like, so you, all the time, the whole time you see this cup of coffee, like almost spilling. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, uh, he gets, he keeps getting out of it. And I, I'll indulge myself to do a little impression. Cause I, I happen to think I do James Avery pretty well at the end. Uh, the cup, like he, he, he manages to not spill the cup at all. And then he, he's driving back into the, the testing center and some girl like runs out in front of his car and he slams on the brake cup goes flying lands in uh, the test taker's lap. And he's like, you're lucky Anderson. The cup was empty.
0: Oh God. (laughs)
1: Nice man. Uh, Jack, have you not seen license to drive? No, I haven't. Oh man. Um... It's so, so good. It's God. It's such a fucking seminal movie of my, of my life.
0: Uh, yeah, I've never heard you talk about that one, Jeremy, but uh, you definitely piqued my interest, and thank you for giving uh, us that good reference for exactly what this looked like, because I was going to say, it looked like something from a movie, but I couldn't you know i couldn't think of any way to any movie reference that would describe it so that was that was perfect way to come through in the clutch there
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um the guy eventually like th- like spilled it like when he like raised his hand up and and like the other guy said to him like hey watch it you're spilling like and he was kind of messing with him but like still yeah. the guy at one point he leaned over and he's like this was 14 dollars i think oh, to God. the other guy It's yeah. like jesus man um but uh but yeah so th- this guy with the cup of wine was like it was it was just kind of like my attention was diverted to to that, like, multiple times during the game. Um, they sat down, and they were, like... It, it's kind of funny. So they sat down. There's four of them. They had four seats next to each other, of course. And, like, it's kind of funny. Like, the two guys on the right sat down, and, like, the one guy, this guy second from the right, he said to the other two guys to his left, he's like, hey, uh, you know, let's, let's move down. You know, move down. We, we got room. Just spread out, you know? And then, like, he kind of made the other two guys, like, each leave a buffer seat. So then they were, like, taking like one, two, three, four, five, five seats up between the three of them. Um, But then the guy who told them to like buffer out never even moved, never moved away from the guy next to him. So it was weird. It's like, and then, and then it was naturally like the two guys who were sitting next to each other, talked more of the time. And then the two guys who had the buffer seats were talking to each other more. And like, they were so spread apart that like, certainly the guys on the end like never even really talked to each other. Um, I was almost like, you know, it was a weird dynamic where I was like, is this guy like kind of like the alpha dog and he doesn't like the guy all the way at the end. So he's like, Hey, hey spread out a little bit, spread out. Like it was kind of weird um, for four guys in their like late fifties, early sixties, whatever. Um, at some point they sit down and like the guy all the way on the, maybe this is why, because the guy all the way on the left um, takes a peanut and he, he just like leans back and he throws it at and hits one of the guys. And like, he started like laughing about it. And it's like, this is like the lowest form of like, comedy uh like he's like oh i got a peanut let me hit my friend with it like that's like what you do to be funny when you you don't know how else to be funny yeah like if you're a baseball player exactly yeah it's like oh let me throw this peanut and like he hit him and they laughed and he's like hey you know hey knock it off or something (laughs) but (laughs) you know and that, that was just the beginning of of some of the the goofy stuff that we would uh encounter with these guys
0: Yeah, if, um, uh, Jeremy, if you really want to piss me off, like there are certain things that will really trigger me, like just do something like throw a peanut at me and hit me with it um, and and think that, like, and and laugh. Like those types (laughs) of things really, really piss me off. One time uh, I was at a George Webb's in Wisconsin. It was late at night and it was uh, me and my buddy Greg, uh, non-listener Chris. I don't think Greg listens uh, to the podcast either. But um, anyway, like it was the three of us Uh, and like Greg had that thing where like, he had like a straw and like, uh, you know, it was one of those straws that's like, it's a plastic straw that had been wrapped in paper. Um, and like he had the, he had opened up the wrapper and like the, the, the the straw was like halfway off the uh, the rapper and then like he I, I wasn't looking at him and he blew it at me and he hit me in the face with it and just immediately <laughs> n- n- no time passed and i went jesus christ greg what the fuck uh i'm not gonna make too big of a deal out of this and then and then like i literally said that um it was jesus christ greg what the fuck uh i'm not gonna make too big of a deal out of this um <laughs> just like insanely insanely pissed off for like one second and then i let it go but uh, yeah You ever want to get one of those reactions out of me um you know that that's a legendary one so that's a good way to piss me off um the
1: uh the old straw blow the straw wrapper blow is i gotta say it can it has its moments where it can be pretty funny um yeah uh i i don't mind that it's also annoying like the guy who does it and thinks they're being funny is, is annoying but uh that one is uh at least it's like it's the odds of like personal injury happening is, is relatively low. So, uh, I, I don't mind it that much, but, um, but yeah, I would rather, I much rather do the, uh, the worm with the straw wrapper. Do you ever do that, Jack?
0: No, I I never have.
1: Um, so the, the worm is, uh, you, um, you take the wrapper and you kind of like scrunch it up like in the middle of the straw, kind of like an accordion, like, you know, like, like really squeezed up like that. And then you slide it off. So it's all like, it's all like squeezed down into like a little like quarter inch, like length sort of thing. You take water from your water glass with your straw, and then you, like, drop one drop on the, the uh, wrapper, and then it, like, kind of, like, it expands out like a worm or like a snake. It's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Much better use of the wrapper, I would say, than, than blowing it at someone's head.
0: Yeah, what a what a bunch of childish uh, stuff we just talked about there. For sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> in, in, instigated by these guys, I guess, who were in their 60s. Um, right. One of the guys, and I heard this one too, Jeremy. Yeah. I see you have it in your notes here, but he was, uh, Mills fielded like a, a soft grounder and threw it to first, and, you know, obviously John Lester had a long history of not being able to throw to first, so that guy, the the guy says, if that was Lester, I'd have a heart attack. I'd be working with him all summer. Um, <laughs> and it's like, Lester hasn't been on the team for like you know two years or whatever, and yeah. like do, do we really? And that that stopped being an issue. Like he did kind of solve that problem. It was just a big issue during the Cubs playoff run in 2016. But it's like, do, do we? A do we? Do we still have to be talking about that? Yes. Because that's like uh you know that's it's just a it's a done thing. It's done. But also I'd be working with him all summer. <laughs> like yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure nobody thought of that. I'm sure right. they didn't think to try to fix it at all. Like, definitely, that's, like, oh, man, we should have worked on that with him. Like, <laughs> maybe that would have helped.
1: Exactly, exactly. Like, and he was saying it, like, he's like, I would have been working with him all summer. Like, it's like, yeah, you moron. Yeah, yeah. like, no coaching staff ever said, like, ah, shit, we better do some drills with this guy. Like, let's fucking, let's get back to basics. Let's just, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, no, sure, no one ever thought to do that. Like, it's not, like, a mental thing with this guy. Um. So, yeah, and and it is so just, like, it's like. It's it's clearly just like one little bit of information that this guy picked up at some point and then just regurgitated back to his friends, which turns out his friends, none of them I think knew anything about fucking baseball. Um, like no. they 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 knew at least that the Cubs wore blue. I think is like about the only thing because one of them managed to buy a shirt that that was that that uh, had that was a Cubs shirt. It was blue, but um, like I I I don't know like. It, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. He <laughs> definitely. These guys were definitely in our in our crosshairs early on. But uh, but yeah, just such a just such a throwaway like unnecessary comment. And like the guys who he was saying it to were probably like, oh yeah man, and like had no idea what he was talking about. Anyway.
0: Yeah, a couple game things. Um, so we saw Anthony Anthony Alford is just hot, folks. Like we 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 saw him hit three homers in three days. Um, so he hit two home runs in this game. His first home run. Had to have been the longest home run I've ever seen at Wrigley Field, if not just at a game, period. Yeah. Uh, it sailed way over the bleachers, uh, and across, it landed across Waveland Avenue. Um, so he just absolutely murdered this ball. It's about as far as a human being can possibly hit a baseball. He hit it. Um, Just got all of it. And it was a rocket too. Like it left the park in a hurry. It wasn't a moonshot, just a fucking line drive over the bleachers across Waveland Avenue. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, really cool. Um, And I guess I I would also say, so like, I think I talked about it on the podcast, like seeing Sammy Sosa hit like a a ball that was reported to be 524 feet. um, uh, That went over um, Waveland and onto Kenmore. Um, and if you recall, uh, last season when we, when we ball hawked outside of Wrigley, we sat pretty much right at that corner and I feel like that ball would have landed like right in front of us, um, where we were at, uh, when we ball hawked. Um, but, uh, it's also, it's cool to know that, you know, or to safely assume that like. You know, Sammy Sosa did that with the help of steroids. To, to me, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that, that he did it with steroids because it was just so incredible to see in person. But it's kind of nice to know that we saw Alford do it probably without the use of steroids, I would assume, uh, unless he got shot up this weekend uh, <laughs> or this week in Chicago, which would explain that he's hit three homers um, in like four games. Um, and like I said, we we, we saw one uh, at, at the Sox game earlier this week. Uh, I'm not even sure if we mentioned that on the podcast, but um, – but yeah, and then he hit two today, so he's 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 right up there again on our on our like leaderboard on our Rain Delay Theater leaderboard with three homers total that we've seen in person. Um, but it was very cool to see, and uh, yeah, it was like the, I was telling you, Jack, like the Sosa one I feel was just like a moonshot where I could like lean back and I it, to me it seemed like it happened in slow motion, like I saw it just sail away into the night. the The Alfred one it was just like whoa, like and it was gone, and like we couldn't even like really acknowledge it until it had like landed. Um, But uh, it was a it was a it was a monster shot for sure.
0: Yeah, I I remember, Jeremy, you you forwarded me a clip of the video of Sosa doing that from YouTube. And uh, so, yeah, I I saw that that home run that you were talking about. You were like, man, I've been looking for this forever. And I finally found it. Um, And yeah, that one was definitely more of a moonshot. Alford's was uh, yeah, Alford's was more of a line drive. Hoy Park, though, was following him in the order. And so they went back to back. So we uh, we saw Hoy Park again. And, you know, we talked about how Hoy Park actually we didn't talk on the podcast about like how Hoy Park is a micro guy he's like he's like five he's like he's like five six one you know he's, he's at 175 or something but he crushed uh, a 451 foot home run to left field so he also just it didn't look like it went as far as Alford's because I think if Alford's officially measured at like 469 yeah um but yeah uh, Hoyt Park had a 451 foot home run so that was also kind of cool to see um but uh something we didn't mention but was kind of funny was during the White Sox game I, I said it's like, man, this, uh, in reference to Hoy Park, man, this guy's really short. And Jeremy was like, you know, Jackie, he, like he's an Asian guy. Give him a break. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's about average height for an Asian guy.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it's true. Like, uh, and, and I think I mentioned last time about double standards and so it's like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, the micro guy, the white Sox game, give him crap, but, uh, Hoy, you know, He's, he's, he's a tiny Asian guy, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. A,
0: hey, n- nothing like two below average height guys, height shaming other men. No, so there we go. hundred uh, percent.
1: And the, the comic foible, I'm glad we didn't talk about it last time uh, because the comic foible of all of it is that he fucking knocked a 450 foot Jack out of the park. So there you go.
0: And, you know, Jeremy Alec Mills didn't really have a very good outing. Um, despite, like you said, settling down for some of the early innings, uh, he, you know, he, the white, so- uh, the Cubs were up, Maybe even five to nothing in that game, and then they eventually blew the lead. The, Mills wasn't helped out by a couple of errors, but still, like he didn't have to he didn't have to give up three home runs. So there you go,
1: yeah. I guess it's kind of like his third turn in the order. they they started getting to him. Um, they did, yeah, so it's that that old um, <clears throat> that old uh, cliche, I guess, or the the at least the refrain that uh, John shamby um says all the time. Uh, third time through the order. Um, but yeah, he, he cruised through the first five, uh, f- four or five innings, but, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he ended up getting a no decision, um, because of what happened on the next play, which or not next play, but next inning, I believe. Um, so it was like five to three and, uh, you're five to two. And, um, Yeah, there was like a play, I'm sure you've all seen it at this point, Um, but uh, in the top of the sixth, uh, Michael Perez, catcher for the uh, Pirates, hit into a, uh, what looked to be like a double play, Um, but uh, Kevin Newman was at first base, uh, slid into second base, and kind of broke up the double play, Uh, uh, Sergio Alcantara's uh, throw to first base went sailing into the dugout, and... um, uh, Andy Green came out. Andy Green, who was uh, the sitting manager for this game because David Ross tested positive for COVID uh, before the game and was unavailable. Um, Andy Green came out to argue, and the Cubs had already lost their challenge, um, and uh, so they didn't review it. We also noticed earlier on in the game, went during the, uh, during the review, that the crew chief for this game was Tom Hallion, um, famous of the Terry Collins-Tom Hallion uh, argument. That was Mike yeah. done miraculously. Yeah,
0: he was. He was famously said. Yeah, it's 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 our Terry. terry we don't do something, and it's our asses in the jackpot. <laughs> um, yeah, that, 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 it's so good. Like at the beginning, you know, he interrupts Terry Collins because Collins is arguing with another member of the crew, and Hallian, and who's the crew chief? Like, you know, he uh, he runs interference. He's like, hey ter- Terry, ter- talk to me, talk to me, Terry, talk to me. And then uh, <laughs> there's like one point where he's like, Terry, 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 you 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 know my thoughts on the whole fucking situation, Terry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just great stuff, and uh, yeah. So Green was Green was pissed about this, um, you know, this play at second base. And when you watch the replay, it's actually not a bad slide. No. Um, uh, Newman actually took a lot of care not to not to hit the uh, runner at all. He, I mean, compared to like what Chase Utley did to terry collins the shortstop like this was you know this was nothing man this was like uh newman took like the most care he possibly could but you know green had had a call overturned uh, uh an inning or two earlier where it looked like it was uh the, it was a play at home plate uh the, the runner was called out on the tag the cubs runner looked like he should have been safe looked like he was safe but the call was not overturned and he, he was ruled out so green was probably maybe a little bit pissed about that to begin with he wanted the slide reviewed couldn't get it because the uh he had already had a, a failed review, um, so eventually it just escalated, and uh, you know, and he got thrown out. But it was a good ejection because Green was walking away from Hallion. Like he, he'd said his piece, and Hallian, who's pretty good about this, just let him say his piece, and then Green started walking away. But he never stopped. Green never stopped barking, so Hallian just threw him out. So it's al- it's always fun to see a guy walking away and, and still get thrown out because you know he, <laughs> you know he just didn't stop talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um and uh <clears throat> it got very animated and just it was it was cool to see uh in person because ha- having the knowledge of that that Tom Hallian Terry Collins uh fight just to imagine like some of the funny things. Like you wonder if Tom Hallian said, like, hey, you know, if we we review that then our ass is in the jackpot. You wonder who said <laughs> that again. Um uh so it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to see. Um turns out uh john boy already got on the uh review of that so if uh if you if you want to hear like the the reading of the lips check out his video but uh he he covered it pretty well but it was cool to see in person and i that might have been the first uh um eh, maybe not the first thing but uh you know uh it's cool to 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 be at a game where you see a a play like that that's kind of goes around the league
0: yeah um jeremy i was also uh going to say it's a good um uh hallion provides a good uh uh, example of like what they call the the heat model, um, which is like, you know, how, how you handle like you're supposed to handle like complaints and, and escalated <laughs> like situations, yeah. which is like hostile environment awareness training like in the Collins video, he does a great job of uh, of like, you um, you know, of, of escalating the situation and like handling it pretty well. And just in standing is, but at the same time, standing his ground. I've wanted to use that in like a meeting, uh, at work as like a good example of like, you know, like de-escalating a charged situation. But that clip is like all baseball clips. Uh, when guys are mic'd up, it is, n- it's not safe for work at all. So I can't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That would be, uh, it would be all bleeps. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so um, so anyway, so and then of course, like um, Alfred hit his second homer of the game to uh, tie up the game five five. Uh, the next inning, the very next inning, the to the Cubs, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, grace, whatever, like t- to the benefit of the Cubs, uh, the Pirates for some reason decided. First of all, they decided to have Shelby Miller on their team, uh, but they decided to put him in, a, in into a tie game, and uh, he promptly gave up a homer to Frank Schwindel, which I did. Kind of call for. I don't know if I predicted it, but I said like, how about a Frank the Tank homer right here? Um, and then he he went ahead and and granted that that wish, uh, put the Cubs up six to five, and you know so it's a it's a big thing. It's like they were up five nothing. They blew the lead. Uh, Schwindel comes right back and hits a homer uh, to to put them back ahead. And, uh, you know, I was excited. I was jacked up. Uh, Jack probably uh, you know, was like, OK, like, let's let's George Costanza time for Jeremy. <laughs> you know, um, uh, one guy who wasn't who had no fucking reaction to the thing at all was friggin wine guy in front of us. I know. Did, no. You, did you see him, Jack? during all that? Uh,
0: I, I was looking more at Schwindel rounding the bases and yeah. stuff. So I didn't see it, but uh, yeah, I, I certainly didn't, if there was one guy in from that group who wasn't cheering or paying any attention to the game, it was definitely him.
1: Yeah. It was like, so it was like um, two of the guys, I think the guy all the way on the right and maybe even the, the guy on the, on the left. So th- those two guys, I think reached over everybody and high fived each other and, um, and they were like celebrating like like any fan in the stadium would do. Even if you don't know what's going on, like, or even if you're, you know, you don't know the players very well or you don't know the rules very well. A homer, like, even if you don't know that he just put the Cubs back ahead, um, you see the ball fly out, everyone's cheering, you would do something. This one guy was just sitting there watching and like he was just watching like a, a squirrel eat a nut or something or like watching like, uh, an ant hill or something he was just like looking at it, like oh, oh okay it's like fucking wake your ass up man you're at a baseball game like you came to the game like invest yourself in what's going on and and, and like have some sort of reaction just don't sit there like a like a lump and it it, it it infuriated me it's like like you're you're gonna be there like you're you're having baseball conversations like Friggin have some sort of reaction like th- th- this is a, a, re- a situation that warranted a reaction and it, it made me mad. And then what made me even more mad later is that like later on in the game, like these two pigeons flew by us and he's like, oh, look, pigeons. And like he pointed at him and it's like you're pointing at the pigeons, but not at, at, uh, at, Fra- at doing anything for Frank Schwindel's homer. So I was really incensed by that.
0: Yeah, it was a go-ahead home run too. It was it was the biggest yeah. hit of the game. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you look at the uh, baseball reference uh, win probability chart, it probably spiked crazy to the Cubs side after that. And this guy's like, "Oh, yeah, cool, okay, <laughs> whatever." On like, yeah. So anyway, it was really really annoyed me. Um, we're getting about here now too, about like the seventh inning stretch, I think. Um, and uh, <laughs> we were looking at we we haven't seen one in a while, but um, there was a couple beer snakes that started out in the center field, uh, in the bleachers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course, you know, you only know about it because like, you only know about it when they break, when the Cubs security breaks it up and everyone like, you can hear in the bleachers of people going like, Oh, boo, whatever. And so like we saw a couple beer snakes get broken up. Um, and like almost synonymously with, um, the one, the second one getting broken up. We look over to our left and we're in the upper deck box folks. We're like in shallow left field upper deck box, like first, like the closest section of the field of the upper deck. Um, when you look up there, um, and we look over to our left and there's a guy, um, there's like a kind of a commotion going on. And this guy is like, and I see these guys like kind of chugging their beer and then handing off their cups. And so there was a guy in that section trying to build a beer snake. Um, and you know, there's not that many people there, like, like the bleachers, even if there's like twenty two thousand people there or whatever, the bleachers are pretty are usually packed because people just go to the bleachers just to go to the bleachers. Um, these four guys should have been there. Honestly, um, I don't know if they serve wine in the bleachers though. But, um, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but yeah. So they like they um this this guy is like collecting cups from people and he's trying to make his own beer snake, and it's just like the odd, like it was just, it was like, um, like improbable odds. Like there's no way he could have made any beer snake to make any sort of like dent or a ripple in, in the crowd at all. And so we see this guy, this is captured on our Instagram. So it, um, it should still be up there. I'll, I'll go ahead and like save it to the, to like our, our wall or whatever. Um, so you can, so you can see it, but <laughs> we captured the guy getting these, these cups and he, he got like, maybe like, 30 cups or something, like maybe like 20 to 30 cups. And it was like nothing. It looked like nothing. It looked like he was holding like a, a three scoop ice cream cone or something. Like it was, yeah. it was so non-impressive and he like had to work to get those cups. And then, you know, he, I saw, you saw him going around like picking up other cups and there, there just wasn't enough people there to make any sort of substantial beer snake. Um, and we were just, like I captured it on my phone and, uh, you know, it was funny. Like he was like, he, he, he walked off into like another section to try try to get more cups. Um, and then they, they sing the seventh inning stretch, whatever we, before we could even sit down, um, like he was heading off, like as the seventh inning, inning stretch started before I like to stand, um, up until right about right up until the first pitch of the bottom of the seventh is thrown. By the time I sat down, the guy comes walking back and he's got his hands in the air, his empty hands in the air. And he's like, just shaking his head. He's like, Oh man. Like, he's just like throwing his hands in there. Like, man, like, Oh man, like, you know, whatever. Like, and, and like, I'm like, what the hell happened? And then he goes back to his friends and they're like, what happened? And he's he's like, he's just shaking his head. Like he points behind him. And like they, I think they confiscated his beer snake. Um, And like it was but it was literally like three minutes elapsed from him gathering them all and walking back with his hands empty, like thrown in the air. It was it was the most absurd thing to see.
0: The funny thing was, though, too, like people in our section were like, oh, like we weren't the only ones that noticed that he was trying to make a beer snake. Oh, yeah. like, people were kind of laughing and making a big deal like, oh, oh, man, this guy's trying to get a beer snake started. Like, let's help him out. Like everybody was trying to give him the cups, even though, like you said, there were not like any cups there. So it was just pathetic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny to just see that foiled uh, so quickly.
1: Yeah. If you watch our Instagram, like I got I got before and after and like you could see there's three <laughs> minutes elapsed um, however long time it takes to. Seeing the seventh inning stretch and then and like, you know, have the pitcher warm up. That's how long it was before he started and and was like thwarted in his attempt. So, um, uh, good.
0: Yeah, good. Good stuff. Shortly after this, too, I think it was off the bat of Colin Moran, who's a left-handed okay. hitter. Um, he hit a uh, Moran hit a screamer um, the opposite way that was like going to the upper deck. So it's actually pretty close to us. It landed in this just in the section right uh, to the left of us. Um, but it landed like uh, it almost hit this this lady, and she didn't make a she didn't really make a very good effort to get out of the way of it.
1: No, not a, like a feeble attempt. Like just put your hands over your head like you know you you think like you see those things are like uh those like those um like uh industrial videos from the 50s when like they're they're like you know there's like the red scare and people were like oh they're gonna drop a nuclear bomb and like you get they're like what happens in the threat in the case of a nuclear threat it's like get under your desk it's like that's not gonna do anything (laughs) like you know like your desk isn't gonna save you from a nuclear bomb um it's like this 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 Friggin' like screamer ball got hit over to the section and she just she's like oh she like put her hands over her head and i jack i saw the ball come in and it it she was wearing she had like like short uh like black like darker like maybe grayish black hair and like a visor like a white visor on and i dude i jack i swear to god i saw the ball like buzz her head and her hair like waved from like the 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 ball like skimming her and she, she, she got up and she looked and she was kind of like smiling. She's like, Oh, Oh, it's oh, oh, so close or whatever. It's like, you almost got killed lady. Like it was crazy. I like, I, so much so that like, she would have got up and walked by us. I would have asked her if she was okay because like she almost got smoked in the head and then like the ball rattled around and some guy got in like, Hey, all right. And she's just sitting there like, and she was by herself too. I think it was kind of, it was a little sad, but like, she was like, she was just looking around, smiling. Like, oh, that was close! And it's like you almost got n- nailed, lady. Um, and it was it was kind of crazy, a crazy moment.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, very strange. And that was yeah, that was definitely the closest uh, ball ball got to us that that night. So that was that was good stuff, Jeremy. Shortly after that, you pointed out to me um, this this guy, one of the guys in front of us. Uh, he was the guy who was uh, on on the left end yeah. of the four of them, um, and he he was on his phone like doing something and and you said, Jack, Jack, look at this. Yeah. And he was, he was editing a tops heritage card of Co- of Kosuke Fukudome. Um, and and you said to me, you were like, this is, this has been going on for a couple of innings now.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Jack was like, really? Like, it was like, yeah. he was like uh, disgusted by that. Like Jack, I heard, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the guy. I don't almost don't even want to do this. Cause I don't want to be the kind of guy who's like, like, That was racist. That was racist. Hey, that was racist. Mm -hmm. But I, I I'm pretty sure like I feel like I heard the guy all the way on the right say something like, Oh, Hoy Park or something. Like he like in like a in a Yeah. He said something that was like I feel like derogatory. And then like then you cut to this guy with his fucking stupid phone, like trying to like manipulate this like yeah to edit this but he like took a screen he clearly googled a picture of kosuke fukudome baseball card or something and he was like he put it into like his photo app and was trying to like edit it much like i edited our our white Sox ticket the other day except i know what the fuck i'm doing and i did it in two minutes this guy was like futzing around with this thing for like two innings i swear to god um or at least the top and bottom of an inning and he's like resizing it and trying to pull like a, a a marker or whatever and like and then he had also pictures of the four of them that they took like a selfie of themselves, um, like you know smiling and looking at the camera. I'm pretty sure what he was trying to do is like take Kosuke Fukudomi's face and put it on one of the faces of the other guys. That's that's my inkling of what he was trying to do, and he just couldn't, that's a good guess. Yeah, yeah, he just couldn't do it. But yeah, I, I you know we were behind him. I couldn't help but see his phone and like this picture. And he's like, I keep seeing him like pinching it and, and expanding. And it's like, I don't know what the hell he was trying to do, but, uh, uh, and I, I had to nudge you and show you Jack. And like, and then I, I try to say like, yeah, this has been going on for a while now. And, uh, so I don't know what the hell he was doing, but again, that's the same guy who threw the peanut earlier. So not, maybe not the most evolved sense of humor. (laughs)
0: Um, and I I, uh, I I heard this one too, Jeremy. Okay. So Rowan Wick Rowan Wick came in um, uh, in to get the save. So he came in for the top of the ninth. Had, had pitched great, by the way. I think he struck out the side. Uh, he did. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. So he looked he looked really good. Um, uh, but but the the guy in front of us, I think this was the wine guy, said, "Oh, first, oh, so I did he call him John Wick?
1: Yeah. So it, it was it was it actually wasn't the wine guy. It was the guy next to the wine guy. Okay. And he looks at the thing. He's like, Hey, John Wick. Um, and it's like okay, no, strikeout. Like that was the fourth yep. strikeout of the inning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he tried to make that joke. Um, but uh, but then he uh, he's looking at the board, and then he's like, and it, clearly these guys know nothing about anything. Like, and and I get it that the, all the Cubs are new. Like you know you who, no one knows who Frank Schwindel or Michael Ermosio is. Like you know except for like really like hardcore fans. And, and these guys were, were any, anything, but, but he, first of all, he goes, Hey, John wick. Like, okay, cool. Great joke. How did you get to that? How did you get from Rowan wick to John wick? Please explain that in, in your steps. Um, uh, and then he like looks at the board and he's like, Oh, uh, and he's like squinting, looking at the board. And he's like, Oh, he's walked 11 batters in nine innings. That's not good. And, uh, and then he's like, Oh, um, no, 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 never mind. And it's like, okay man like why 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 do you have the need to talk out loud before you think things It's like if you thought that in your head like it's not like misreading something is an honest mistake but like what inkling do you have in your mind that you have to say these things out loud before you process it in your head like what's this is why this is and maybe I'm being hard on these people but like have this in what what happened to an internal monologue like work this out in your goddamn head before you open your mouth and say something stupid? And be a jerk on top of it. Anyway, I don't know if they were jerks, but they seemed like jerks. But – and then at some point, I don't remember – I think it was like – I don't remember if it was this guy or the other guy. So, first of all, they're like – they're kind of like trying to denigrate Wick. Maybe – I think that's why I was annoyed because, hey, by the way, been calling for Wick to be the closer of this team for three years, but whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Two years maybe, but anyway. So, so maybe that's why I was – ticked off in this particular instance um and I think the guy next to him after Rowan Wick did strike out the side commandingly uh with force I think the guy all the way on the end he's like who who is this Kimbrel's brother and it's like just just oh for oh for 1000 these guys were yeah yeah
0: definitely and hey Jeremy at least your complaints about Rowan Wick are are valid you said to me uh you know that this guy he had an oblique injury and he's been out uh, he, he was he missed five months with it, so it's like this, you know he's got to get on the fucking field yeah. if he's going to be their closer. So like at least that's a a relatively valid complaint about about Wick as opposed to as opposed to these guys. And with his outing, there was there's nothing to complain about for that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, it's like you don't even know what you're talking about, dude. Like eleven walks. First of all, if he walked eleven batters in in nine innings, he wouldn't be coming in for the save. So, uh, I don't, just whatever. Um, obviously. They don't know as much. Should give them credit for that, but whatever. There may—I <laughs> don't know. Maybe there may have been some uh, offensive things being said. I'm not sure, uh, um, but yeah. Anyway, so um, so yeah. So I mean, that was the game. He he he. They they, they like like shut down the pirates in the ninth. Cubs win six five. Um, all good there. Um, it was uh, it was about four twenty ish, I guess, when the game ended. Maybe. Um, and, uh, I, I drove to the, the park and in my haste, I, I, I parked in, um, in a spot. Jack and I didn't really coordinate if we were going to like hang out by the pirates. Although at this point I think maybe we should just plan for that all the time. Yes. Um, but, uh, I parked in a spot where, um, uh, I could only leave my car till five. So we, I had to run really quick and move my car and then come back to the park, which is kind of crazy. But, um, we did that. Uh, unfortunately though, we missed like the first pirates, uh, bus departing. Um, but we did, we did decide to go, you know, watch the pirates, um, come out and, uh, we, we got there and it's, I think it's the the initial shock of walking into a situation already in progress. Um, and you walk in and it's just like, what is this, what's going on here? What are we walking into? Um, so it was a weird scene by the pirates bus. Um, there was like a group of like, um, five or six, like teenage, I would say maybe early twenties. Uh, yeah,
0: they seemed like like late teens, early twenties. Probably more like late teens, but they were they, they were like young young guys.
1: Yeah, um, Hasidic Jewish uh, young men, <laughs> like in the full garb, like the the black suit and the hat and the I I think maybe they had the the site. I, I shouldn't even say what it's called because there's a real name for these things, but the curl the 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 locks of hair and stuff, um, and just in full garb, which you know whatever. I don't think this is an offensive stereotype, but like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see a lot of Hasidic Jewish people at baseball games, let alone hanging around like the visiting team's bus to get autographs. So it was, it was, it was a, it was a surprise to see that when we went over by the bus.
0: Yeah, um, and the thing is, they didn't have anything with them to get autographed. So, yeah. out, I think it was four guys, and out of those four, only one of them uh, actually want, like, was interested in getting an autograph. Yeah. So he he had a pen with him, and then he had a dollar bill yeah. that he wanted to get autographed. Yeah. And that's just that's just like weird. Like, if you don't have anything to get autographed, uh, just don't get an autograph, man. Like, yeah. you know, uh, but like, don't have him sign a dollar bill. So that was just. That was weird, and then uh, and also the guy didn't know who any of the players were. Like he had to keep he had to keep asking people like who the players were when they came out. So yeah. that was that was whatever. But uh, also there was this this guy. Um, I mean, but he had a cooler with him, and he was just like he was just leaning on the gate that was blocking that security was using to block the uh, the bus um, to block fan access to the bus. And I I didn't understand what he was doing there either. He almost looked like the the guy who'd gotten into the mix at the Brewers game.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was, you know, one of those those guys selling, like, water, I guess, like, outside of the the park, which, like, yeah. seems to be a little more um, buttoned up than at, 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 the, at the White Sox games, for sure. Um, but it seemed like it was, like, the end of his day. He was, like, kind of calling it a day or whatever, and he was kind of, like, rolling on by with his cooler. But then he decided, decided to be, like, oh, you know what, I'm going to stop and – and watch the pirates come out and like he had his cooler with him. I, he did seem to kind of disappear pretty quick because I feel like we as soon as he was as soon as we saw him, like he was also quickly gone. But he he went up to the barricade and like leaned on the barricade as if he was going to hang out there for a while. It was kind of funny. I'm like, what what's going on here? Like, what a weird thing. Um, um, there was a family uh, of actual pirates fans in front of us, like wearing all pirates gear, uh, clearly from Pittsburgh. Um, so they were there clearly trying to get autographs and maybe seem to be a little more informed than the, the Rockies, uh, father, son who, who miss, uh, mistook, uh, John Gray for Kyle Freeland. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they were there. Um, and so like, yeah, so, so we're just trying to get our bearings straight because of all of that weirdness. Um, and then also like being like, ah, shit, we missed, like, we already missed some of them come out. Um, but this 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 group of uh we, we started while we were waiting um we started talking to like um this group of uh Pittsburgh uh, fans um well actually even before that I guess um as we were walking up there was um there was this other group of of guys like in their twenties or whatever like kind of like hotshot guys like who were probably sitting in the bleachers probably drinking all afternoon like a group of four guys. I think two of them had maybe Pirates or two of them had Cubs stuff. One guy had a Pirates jersey and one guy maybe wasn't wearing anything or maybe he was also wearing Pirates stuff. But they came up and they were like, hey, wait, where's Hoy Park? Where's Hoy Park, man? And then like, no. And then the, the guy in the Cubs was like, no, man, I'm, I want to see Susugo Susugo. And, and like it seemed odd to me that they were only like trying to see the Asian players. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cuz they were just four white guys in like their early 20s. Um and, and they, the vibe, the vibe I got, Jeremy was there. It's like, "Oh man, like it's hilarious that these Asian guys are playing baseball."
1: Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they were like they they seem like kind of hot shots, like some uh like like tough guys or something like uh or fake tough guys. Just like
0: frat like frat kind of like frat guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and and like so again, I I don't want to be like the guy who's like, you know, Hey, that guy just said something racist. Like, um, but like it was, it was odd. And like, and I did try to like do like a, like a, like a, like a, like a uh, olive branch to them. And like, they were like, um, they're like, we, we want to see Hoy Park. Where's Hoy Park. And, um, I assumed that they, I, I instantly took them for like bleacher guys. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, and I said to him, like, did you catch his Homer? And, uh, and then the guy's like, yeah, man, second of the year. And I was like. Nah, like, I'm like, no, I thought they maybe, I see, I, I was trying, you know, and I'm trying to give them credit, and I was like, maybe they caught his home run ball, and they want him to sign it, which makes right. perfect sense, um, and they're maybe just drunk idiots, the, and the way they say Hoy Park makes it sound like they're saying it in an offensive Asian accent, um, even though that's, even though they weren't, but like, I, you know, and so I was like reading too much into it, but like, they were like, um, I don't know. They were just like I, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Like, and so the guy didn't understand like what I meant, and so I was like, okay, whatever. Like, let's just let these guys like go by, and they did literally go by. They went like in front of us, um, and uh, so that was like, if there was gonna be like an autograph situation, I thought we were gonna have to like battle with them, um, but uh, but yeah. So, it, and it turns out. It, I'm, Jack, I'm finding uh, except for us because and this, this is this why we're friends and podcast uh, uh, co-hosts. But like in our group of two, we both want to be there. It seems like a lot of these uh, situations, only one person of the group wants to actually be there, and the other person hangs back or like goes on their phone or whatever. It, it eventually turned out that like the one guy, um, one of the guys in like the uh, the Pirates jersey, he was wearing a, a Willie Stargell Pirates jersey, so that. I was trying to give him some credit because it's like, it's not like he's, I don't even know what pirates Jersey you would casually buy, but he had a Willie Stargell one. So I'm like, okay, I think this guy is an actual fan. Um, but he eventually stayed and the three friends, like went across the street and were just hanging out. Um, but like I said, there was this Pittsburgh family in front of us and he kind of went up to the Pittsburgh family and was talking to them and they were making small talk. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the guy was an actual fan, but I I, I didn't like the cut of their jib, basically. No. Um, so yeah, and so.
0: He, the, he was being a little too intense, though. Like yeah. the the pirates, the pirates guy, the Stargill guy, he was one of those guys that was just a little bit too intense. Um, like when he was talking to the kids, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, like who, who's your favorite player? Like what what guys did you see? Like trying to you know trying to be like a really good guy, but just trying too too hard yeah. with it."
1: He had like nervous broy drunk. Uh, energy, basically, right. and like, and then even like, so one bus did eventually leave, and what they do is like they have like three, four buses lined up. When one leaves, they they take the barricades instead of having the bus move up, they take the barricades and move them back. And um, so, at one point, they move the barricades back because the bus goes, and then he's like. He's the kid was the guy was asking the kids like well, who are you trying to get still and I don't know they said the manager or something and he's like and then when as soon as like the the barricades moved he's like well all right let's go let's go step on up and like it was like it was almost like it was almost like antagonistic but he was just telling that he was like intensely telling the kids to like hey go ahead step up go ahead you know get try to get up there uh, but instead he said it like you know go step up go ahead like it sounded like belligerent in a way but um, but yeah so. So yeah, a lot of stuff was going on there. Um, we'll talk about this, this Pirates family in a second, but in moving the secure, in moving the uh, the barricades, there was a security guard there, right? And um, he was like, I, "Jack, I think that these guys are actually just Chicago guys. They're not. They don't actually." Yeah, they're they're not him. private
0: security for the team. No.
1: Yeah, and so like we saw one of these guys last time for the for the Rockies, but they're just they're assigned to whatever the visiting team is. So there was a guy there this time, like a a guy probably in his like mid to late thirties or something like, and he was wearing a mask and he had a badge and like a gun and stuff. And he was like, it was weird. He was like trying to be intimidating. But then at the same time, he was also being f- friendly to the the Pittsburgh family. And like the, the, the Hasidic guy goes up uh, and he's like, he's like, you just trying to get an autograph? He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, fine. Okay, cool. Just, just chucking. Like he thought, I don't know what this guy thought he, the, the Hasidic guy was trying to do, but once he knew he was just trying to get an autograph he was like okay cool man no no problem
0: yeah, I, to be fair he probably saw that dollar bill in the kid's hand and he was like what what the fuck is this kid gonna do with this dollar bill right. is he gonna like try to give it to one of the players
1: or something yeah or maybe he thought he was like asking for money or something and like as soon as he found out he wasn't he was like okay you can stay but yeah or he was
0: trying to like bribe the security guard you know but yeah the yeah, asking for money thing could be a, is it is could be a big one too yeah
1: who, who knows who knows and so then so then the uh, the kid in the, the guy in the Willie Stargell jersey I think goes up to the security guard and he's like hey uh, can you tell me um, uh, what players have come out yet and what, what are still who are still in there as if this guy has the roster and he's like making check marks or something <laughs> like um, uh, but the guy goes like I'm sorry I can't give away that kind of public information <laughs> and it was like and then it was it was it was a, a bit much I would say from the security yeah. guard. Um,
0: yeah, he was definitely trying to big time the Stargill guy, and uh, yeah. that that was like that was the security guard trying to sound cool, like this is top secret information. Right, yeah, uh, but really he didn't know who the fuck was left. He was just trying to. He was, as they say in wrestling, he was trying to go over this Stargill <laughs> guy.
1: Yeah, sure, sure, and like, um, yeah, it's like he wasn't a. He, he can't say like you know I'm not at liberty to say like because he's on he's a secret service guy, but he uh, he had to play the role for the pirates, and then. So then the Joe guy goes to like the family and he's like, did you hear what that guy just said? He's like, I asked him like, or maybe he said to his friends, he's like, I asked him who's coming out. And he said, I can't give away that kind of information to the public and, or something like that. And it was like, he, even that guy thought it was weird. Um, then a couple guys walk by and they're like, um, they're like, they said, see the security guard. They see the barricades. They see the bus. And they're like. Hey, uh, what's, what what's going on here? Um, it was, it was the guy, it was a guy and like his taller friend or whatever. And, uh, he's like, um, so, uh, is this, uh, the Cubs bus? And he's like, and the guy threw it, the, 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 cop goes like, couldn't tell you. And then he's like, um, uh, then he's like, uh, he, then they're like, well, is this the Cubs bus or is this the Pirates bus? And he's like, I really, I really couldn't say, you know, not sure. Can't tell you. And he was like playing dumb, like literally, Um, and then like he, then the guys took a couple more steps. He saw a bunch of pirates guys. He's like, this is a pirate's bus, isn't it? And they were like, everyone was like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, okay, cool. Um, but the security guard was definitely doing a lot. He was doing too much. And, um, but then he was, but then he was like being really nice to the guys. So then the, the, the Pittsburgh uh, people family. And then, so then they moved the barricade and then he's like, all right, guys, you're good. And then like, he let everyone like run up to the next barricade. Um, so it was weird. He was like he was being a hard ass to some people, but then being super nice to others. Um, at this point, we talked to the Pittsburgh family and it was like a dad and like there was a mom off to the side taking pictures and then like three or four little kids uh, all with, yeah. uh, with balls.
0: Yeah. So, it was yeah, the, the family was like the mom and the dad who were both probably in their mid to like their, their mid 40s. The mom was was standing off to the like she was standing kind of far off to the right to get that photo op of like uh the players signing for her kids um which you know those are probably going to be nice photos for them to have uh you know uh, later in life um uh but i'll say this jeremy so the the three kids were like nice and you could tell they all really like baseball but we were like kind of trying to sell like as they say in the wrestling business we were kind of trying to sell for this family specifically the dad like we asked the dad we're like hey like uh you know like who's who's come out already like what players and he was just kind of like I don't really know. Like taking a uh, fucking cue from the security (laughs) guard. And so, you know, and like, you're like, you said to him, you're like, man, like, you know, you guys have a really, you you got, you're from Pittsburgh. And he's like, yeah. And and you're like, man, you guys got a really nice park. Nice park. And he's like, yeah, people tell us we're lucky. Um, it's like, I'll say this, Jeremy. This is a nitpicky thing, but that dad could have been fucking nicer to us, man. He, he was being kind of a dick. Hey, I understand, like, family vacations, like, whatever. He's probably fucking exhausted, you know. They probably are flying back to, you know, back to Pittsburgh this weekend. Like, he's got to be just around his wife and kids fucking 24-7 for probably, you know, a whole week. He's tired of it, um, especially having like three bo- little boys of that age is probably incredibly exhausting. And these kids weren't shy either. Like they were talking to us and they were kind of cool. And the the, kid, the kids were like showing off their balls and all the player uh, – player, like autographs they had on, on their ball. They had like – you know 15 autographs so it was a uh, you know they were they were getting a lot of autographs but the dad the dad could have been nicer like we were clearly trying to like we were clearly trying to add to the the experience of this trip you know like that you know the, they would go home from that trip and that the dad would tell all of his friends like yeah you know we went to Wrigley Field and like everybody was really you know really nice there like it really is a <laughs> cool place to go and this dad was just being a fucking dick man fuck fuck him <laughs> He was, I, wasn't he though? Was, didn't you kind of get that vibe <laughs> from
1: him? I, um, this is funny, we did not talk about this before the recording I no. was, um, I mean yeah as you were mentioning it, yeah he was kind of he was a little tight lipped I would say um, but uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily feel slighted and, and you know both of us are, have a hair trigger like, let's yeah. be honest, like we're, we're ready to t- take offense wherever. So it's it's actually funny when like, you know, one thing irks one of us more than the other. This this one didn't really irk me that much. I was just kind of like, yep, all right, cool, cool. Like and he did say that. I'm like, yeah, you guys got a great ballpark. He's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. I mean, he should have been like, I'll say this. Who the fuck doesn't say like, oh, well, you guys got a great ballpark. It's like my sentence to him. OK, now I'm starting to get a little worked up here, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like, my sentence <laughs> to him was like, you guys have a nice ballpark. This is what this is the subtext of my sentence. You guys have a nice ballpark, but obviously this is the best ballpark. <laughs> and like <laughs> Wrigley this meaning Wrigley Field. But he didn't even say like, yeah, well, hey, you know, it's great to be at Wrigley. Like he didn't even say that. So it's like, hey buddy, like, you know, throw it back a little bit. That's that's the courtesy here. It's like you I'm I'm a Cubs fan saying you have a nice ballpark. Now is the time where you tell me that I also have a nice ballpark, at Wrigley Field. Yeah
0: he didn't he didn't yes and your uh, no. your comment you know no, he, he just didn't. yesed it and what what's actually hilarious Jeremy is you said that was a subtext but you actually you actually gave him the not subtext the next thing you said you're like yeah i think the two best sightlines pittsburgh and right here yeah, <laughs> so like that's true you fucking you told him what you wanted him to hear
1: that's true that is true i did say that um so uh yeah and then and then the actual the, one of the little kids like maybe the oldest of the kids actually did say something to me he's like and i didn't quite understand what he was trying to say but he's like it's not even that it's Anything specific? It's just the whole thing or something. I'm like, okay, well, now we're getting a little too granular with, with, the, <laughs> with the thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopping off this this board, buddy. But um, but then the little kid did say, like, you know, we, we, I think we asked him. I think like maybe Jack, you asked him, like, hey, did Shelton come out yet or something like that or some someone. Asked like, uh, you know, head Shelton. Yeah, I
0: think I think I I asked like the dad if Shelton came out, um, and the little kid said he goes, one, there was the oldest kid. He goes, Shelton probably doesn't want to show his face in public. It's like <laughs> Jesus, man, that's a fucking hot take. We got to get this kid on the podcast.
1: I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Like he should start. Yeah, he should start the Pittsburgh chapter of Rindley Theater, where he yeah. just shits on all the players. But, um, but yeah, so uh, that that was pretty funny. I was wondering if he, you know, was regurgitating that from like something he heard his dad say or something. For but, sure. But you know, it was pretty. It was it was funny nonetheless. Um, and uh, so yeah, so I mean, we should say that like Anthony Alford. We did catch Anthony Alford. Uh, He came out and he signed for us, and he was super nice. Like, I thought he was going to be maybe a jerk. Like, he kind of looked, he kind of had like a hard look to him, like, where to to the point where I wasn't going to actually ask him because I figured he wasn't going to, like, be very nice. Uh, But yeah, and
0: the guy was fucking, he was jacked, too. Like, you can't really tell it from his baseball jersey, but, like, yeah, he had just, like, fucking. He was just ripped. I mean, he was a football player. I think he was a quarterback at Southern Miss. So, yeah, the dude, like, you know, when, when you see him up close, you can understand why he could hit a ball across Wayland
1: Avenue. Yeah, for sure. And so um, he signed for the kids, and, like, they, were, I think the kids were saying, like, hey, we were at uh, your other game or whatever. And he said, like, oh, I'm going to have to have you guys out at, at all my games. Um, which was cool. He was being nice, making small talk. And, like, he signed for us, too. It was very nice. He
0: did. And I was like, man, you crushed that one. And he just, you know, he kind of smiled. Like, uh, yeah, so he was, a, he was a cool guy. And it's cool to get his autograph on the scorecard. It's kind of classic. Like, it was, you know, he hit two home runs in a game, and then he autographed our scorecard. So that's, that, was a, that was a win.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah. if, if I was saying to Jack, it's, he's probably the most fitting guy to, um, to have there on the scorecard um, for having, like, uh, the game that he did. Uh, so that was cool. Um, eventually, uh, uh, well, we did see some, I saw Steven Brault come out and he like, he like gave like a thumbs up to the fans. Like, I guess someone like said something to him and like, it's like, I, he's a guy who shouldn't be showing his face in public with the game he had. He's just a bad, no, game. he was
0: the starting pitcher. He was just a, it was just a shitty fucking performance where he, he put his team in a five run hole. Um, yeah. yeah. And he was never at any point where you're like, man, Brault is really, he's settling down here. He just sucked the whole game.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Armasio, so Michael Aramiceo walked by us again um, with another player. So he was walking uh, south on, on Sheffield. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't, again, we don't know where he was going. Yeah. Uh, but well, it was and then, but nobody really recognized him either. But then this security guard who was like, yeah, I can't give away that information, felt obligated to, like, go over by Aramiceo and, like, the other player. We couldn't tell who the, the other guy was. But, like, uh, he went over there and, like, he escorted them. All the way up to Addison and then, like, I don't know if he was fucking wa- providing an escort so they could walk to the red line. yeah, I don't I don't know it,
1: it was weird. so yeah, yeah he so I guess Irma Seal, like, you know, my theory of him like living maybe in the hotel like for the for the rest of the season like uh didn't hold up because they were they were now we were on the other end of the field uh stadium and so like they walked near where the red line entrance is, which is like, That would be like walking someone off the plank, like a a security escort as they walk off the plank into like shark infested waters. Like, it's like, it's like, all right, here you go, um, Mr. Armorcio, safe and sound to the red line. Like, what? The red line? Ah! You know, and like, he gets accosted by just maskless uh, people, like, with like a big garbage bag of like wet food. Um, But like, uh, so like, uh, so yeah, I don't know where they were going. There was another guy with him this time, just like last time. And it, it, I couldn't tell if it was the same guy, but he, I did catch that he was wearing a Seattle Seahawks, uh, hat, and so I did some research and I looked, and uh, Adrian Sampson, uh, call up for the Cubs, who who spent some time with Texas, um, mm-hmm. and uh, some time overseas, I I think as well, um, maybe maybe not, but he is from he's from Washington, and, and I and the more I looked at him, the more I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was Adrian Sampson. So, yeah,
0: uh that that figures. That's a good call, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, so that makes that that checks out um and I I think it was I, I can see how it was the same guy both times. Um which so basically both like twice we've we've totally shunned uh Adrian Sampson, uh, I guess. Um but uh but yeah, and so like again, I was beside myself the last time that Irma CEO, um you know, uh didn't uh I didn't I didn't have him sign my card. This time I I don't think I would have ran up to him because Really would have been blowing up his spot. and uh, Oh, people, yeah. Yeah, people would have just like – there was way more people around this time than last time. Um, but I did notice that the mom – I looked over at the mom and she was like taking a picture of Hermosillo. And I looked back at Hermosillo and he like – he posed and kind of threw up the, the peace sign, like the two, hand, the two fingers up. So he actually like posed for a picture. But she – he was like down the block as she took the picture, which is kind of funny. Um, I, I'm sure she has a, a zoom on that camera. Um, so she, she got a, a shot, but, uh, it was kind of funny that he was like, you know, posing halfway down the block for this picture. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but then, uh, the last uh, guy, uh, we should talk about here.
0: Yeah. So this, this deserves its own segment. So, um, you know, about, about halfway through our time there, this, this guy, these two guys came up, you know, the, they were probably in their mid to late twenties. Th-
1: these um, were the guys who asked the security guard what bus this was.
0: Yes, yeah. So there's always got to be somebody who thinks that the Cubs take a bus to the games at Wrigley yeah, Field. There's yeah. always there's always got to be at least one person. And so this this guy, um, you know, a- asked the question, and then he comes up to us and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, can when gu- when guys come out like can we can we borrow your pen?" Uh, he's and, like, he, you asked know,
1: this, he asked me if I had an extra pen, which like I yeah did, I, you know pen. what I did have an extra pen, but I don't want to fucking give it to anyone, especially at any time, let alone during COVID. But yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and you're you're very particular with your your pens too, I am. Jeremy. Um Yeah, you you really are. Uh, one time, like a pen ran out on me, one of your pens, and like I just I set it on the ground because it could no longer be used, and you you like took it back. That was at the Brewers game. I oh. never mentioned, never yeah. mentioned that one. Well,
1: no, actually, <laughs> we can get into that real quick, even though we're, we're we should be wrapping it up here. But no, what happened, Jack, is I let you use my pen. And you lost the cap for it.
0: Oh, I lost. Yeah, I lost the cap, and you you had to get the cap back,
1: which was annoying because like the pen was still good, but I don't want to have a pen without a cap in my in my pocket. And so and Jack, <laughs> Jack was like, "Hey, man, sorry, I lost your pe- your your cap." And I was like, "How do you lose a cap for a pen?" Like, and, like, and it just
0: it f- it flew it flew off. It, it- like
1: it. Flew- it flew off, but also there's only so many places where it could have gone, unless it went in someone's like pocket and then they walked home with it. And so we did. I was like, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. I got a lot of pens. I was a little, I was a little annoyed, Jack, though. Uh, and then when we walked down, I saw the cap, which was right in front of where you were sitting. I'm like, it's, that's about where I would have guessed the pen would would have gone. I mean, I guess I'll... Jack, I guess Jack didn't want to ask the people in front of us, "Hey, could you hand me my 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 pen cap?" Which I, I guess is fine, but. You know,
0: that that is a it, for, for the time ty- It was like one of those like big pens where you buy like ten of them in a pack. <laughs> I was like, I would I would have felt ridiculous asking the people for the a pen cap for that pen. Um, Fair. And I put, and hey, at work, like I put I put pens without caps and them in my pocket all the time. So like you know, that's <laughs> just I guess I'm projecting my own experiences onto well. you. Um, there you go so I'm glad, I'm glad we both remember that moment that was funny so oh, yeah, yeah don't don't fuck with I guess the, the bottom line is like don't fuck with Jeremy's pens well
1: um, yeah not to take a hard line stance but you, you borrow someone's pen you have a responsibility to return it in the same <laughs> condition it was given to and you. At-
0: Hey, I'll say this. The whole reason that happened, and we, we never mentioned this on the Brewers uh, episode, was that like, I, I got a, a scorecard, but I forgot to bring my pencils. So like I bought the pencil that they gave me, and mm-hmm. just the second, the first thing I tried to write, the fucking pencil broke. Yeah. Um, so I, usually I bring a mechanical pencil. The, uh, which I think Jeremy scores uh, stuff in as well. So actually, yeah. uh, thank you for having a pen. You <laughs> usually you 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 usually carry you always carry a pen on you. I do. So you know, thank you, thank you for that. It's uh, it was good to good to know. <laughs> well, but anyway, I so wrestled
1: yeah. I wrestled you into submission for thanking me for that pen, Jack. Yeah, uh, we're all the, good now. You. We're squared away. The,
0: there you go. Um, but yeah, so this guy asked Jeremy if he had an extra pen. And yeah, Jeremy, you did one of those things that I would have done too, where it's like, you know, you you had to react in real time to like somebody asking you a favor you didn't want to do. So you are yep. like, ah, ah, And then you eventually told him you, he could borrow that one. And so the guy's justification for it, he, he goes, yeah, my, uh, my cousin's here. He's, he's from Poland. He only comes once every 10 years. So we're never <laughs> going to be able to do this again. Yeah. And I was like, it's like, Dude, the fact that your cousin is from Poland is here is not our fucking problem. Like, you know. Right. Don't don't tell us don't tell us the sob story about like you didn't even know whose bus this was. And now it's like the most important thing in the world for you guys <laughs> to get an autograph.
1: <laughs> and again, again, like I said this to you, Jack, but it's like okay, so your cousin came <laughs> from Poland. He comes from Poland to Chicago once every 10, <laughs> 10 years, and his main goal on this trip is to get a pirates autograph (laughs) from a fucking just a random pirates players autograph from a team that's going to lose a hundred games this year like this is your mission like and you don't have and that's his goal and he you didn't bring your own pen like like there's a lot of problems with this with this story that we're being told and as it it would go on like we saw these guys talking and like I don't know what I was expecting this guy to do, like to bust out like an accordion and start playing like a polka or something. But like he he wasn't giving me any Polish vibes. I think I said at one point to Jack, I'm like, this guy's as as American as apple pie. <laughs> like this cousin of <laughs> yeah. his. Um, turns out he was actually Polish, which we would find out. But but yeah, it was like so I I did. I'm like, hey, I'm like, okay, listen. When they come out and they sign an autograph, you can you can you know have them use my pen. So I'm like, okay, fine. Because it's like there's no he doesn't need to hold my pen anyway. Whatever. So. So then eventually the long awaited Derek Shelton manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates does finally come out with his coaching staff. We see them coming so then you can see them coming through and like, you can all get ready, whatever. So this guy he had a ball. I don't know how he got a ball. The guy probably leaned over and it's like, Hey, my cousins here from Poland once every 10 years, please throw him a major league baseball. And the, one of the guys was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Fine. Here you go. And threw him a ball. So he had a ball that he wanted to get signed. So Shelton comes down. He's signing for the little kids um, and the, you know, he, he's, he goes like, so you guys play baseball? And they're like, yeah, we do. And then he goes like, well, who's, who's the best player? And, uh, the kid goes, um, Brian Reynolds. And then Shelton like laughs and he's like, no, I mean, out of you guys, who's the best player? And like oh whatever. And so, you know, it's kind of a nice moment. Uh, and also we should say that Shelton like had his hands full and they asked him to sign and he's like, yeah, sure. And, uh, he puts his stuff down and, and signs. And we were thinking, uh, me and Jack and that little kid were thinking that Shelton wasn't going to sign, and he did. So that's, to his credit, that was, that was very cool. Shelton was v- super nice super, yeah, nice, super nice.
0: He was real. He was real laid back. Uh, yeah. yeah, very cool guy. Definitely the question, like, yeah, who's the best player? It's kind of like you know your meathead coach type yeah. of like question that you would ask kids. And also, it's like you're putting these kids in a position to like where one of them has to say somebody's a better player than the other ones. So yeah, it's like right. one one guy's putting two two kids down. Yeah, um, right. You know, so it's definitely like a coach, like a meathead coach thing. But he, he seemed like a really nice uh, laid back guy, especially for a guy whose team is gonna lose a hundred games. Um, yeah, he's super uh, super cool dude. Um uh but then yeah, so when he came out, you know, he signed for us. Uh and then the Polish guy, he asked you, what did he ask you at first?
1: So, so he's he's making his way down the line, he's he's going to sign our autographs, and like Sheldon is like right in front of us. Like um and and the Polish guy gets in my ear and he goes, So who who is this man? <laughs> and I go <laughs> and I go like, he's the manager, he's the manager of the pirates. And he's like and then what do you say Jack after that?
0: And and so after he got the autograph, after the whole thing was broken up and Shelton oh, left Oh wait,
1: wait, do you want to Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we'll, okay, so then so he goes that and like and like Shelton's right there and I'm like I'm like he's the manager of the Pirates. Like I didn't want to say it like 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 loud, because then Shelton knows, like, we don't know who the fuck he is. And he probably thinks, like, I'm part of this. Uh, it's like, I know who he is, but I'm telling the fucking every 10, the the perennial, the decade, uh, you know, guy, Polish guy, who, who he is. Like, I know who you are. Like, um, but, but yeah, so he's like, who is this man? <laughs> like, whatever. And so uh, he goes, he signs my scorecard with my pen then he tries to hand me the pen back, but I, I step back to let Jack also get an autograph. So then he's like, Oh no, you, you, you can use the same pen. And so, and Shelton's kind of confused at this point. So he goes and he signs Jack's autograph and, but in the commotion, I didn't grab my scorecard back. So I feel bad. Like we, we put Shelton through the ringer a little bit once he got to us. And then the Polish guy gets in there with the ball and then he's like, please sign my ball, whatever. And like, um, he's like, you got a pen. And, uh, and I was just like, we were I think all of us were like you can use that pen like my my Sharpie and he's like no 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 you don't you don't want me to use this and then he goes to the kids and he's like hey can I borrow your pen real quick and then he's like they're like yeah sure and I'm like yeah yeah great that's that's even better and so like I take I finally take back my Sharpie Shelton's head is spinning he gets a pen and he signs the ball. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you don't want me to sign the ball with the sharpie. It doesn't look good." And and it's true that if you sign a baseball and then sharpie, it bleeds and it, it runs and it fades over time. It's not it's not nice. So Shelton was another reason why Shelton was cool is like he was looking out for that the the guy with the ball. He's like, "No, no, you don't want me to sign with that." And so then Shelton finishes the signing, uh, gets his stuff, gets back on the bus, and then then Jack, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So then we we all we Jeremy and I started heading back to the car. Um yeah, we, we turned away and and the the Polish guy comes up to us and goes, so he is the manager of baseball. And it was just <laughs> it was just a perfect cap. Not, not even of the Pirates, just he's the manager of baseball. Yeah. like it was definitely like just a very like uh, it's like you know, just a foreigner who doesn't know anything about about baseball, like just asking a question. So it's like it was an innocent question. The guy had no idea who Derek Shelton was. He just wanted an autograph, I guess, yes. Just, oh very uh yeah it was very weird but that was just a perfect cap on it to like just confirm that this guy had no clue like what what he was even getting himself into no um, and, and his
1: and his his wingman uh his autograph wingman who was like so desperately trying to get our pen and tell us their their freaking life story is like it almost feels like he put him up to it he's like hey hey go get an autograph while you're here you know this is america you should get an autograph like but it's just there's this whole story it's like i have traveled 10 years to come here and get autograph of Pittsburgh Pirate bench player, <laughs> like, like it's like what a what a what a fart what a what a absurd situation. And like, this is the reason why I wanted to get out of this scene to begin with, because I like I said, as a little kid, I, I used to like to get autographs. But it's like you got the fucking cooler man, you got the the Hasidic guy. Maris Yahoo was over there getting an autograph. You got Polish uh, guy like once every ten years, like. What a just a, a a rogue's gallery of people, and it's like I I I need to be better than this. I need to extricate myself from this scene, and so it's now it's like it's like I just want to get an autograph. I know who this guy is. We could talk about the, the 2019 Minnesota Twins, but like he has got to deal with these these goofballs trying to get baseball signed with a sharpie, and it's just like this is a, it's a, it's a rough scene, <laughs> like you know, and and it's even worse at the minor league games, but but yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm I'm glad we do it, Jeremy. If if it hadn't, um, if if it hadn't been for that Brewers game that got rained out, where I acted like a little baby after it got rained out and like fucking threw my scorecard down and kicked it, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm am not gonna keep this scorecard from this game. Um, if it hadn't been for that, we uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't really be doing this. It would never have occurred to us. So and
1: you might have had three autographed uh, scorecards.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, Okay, yeah. So the last thing that happened is as we were walking um, just north on Addison, a block to uh, turn right on Clark Street and, and go to your car, Jeremy. Uh, we saw uh, Anthony. Uh, is it Anthony Rucker?
1: No, uh, uh, Michael Rucker.
0: Michael Rucker. Yeah, yeah. So I actually didn't recognize him, Jeremy.
1: Yeah. No. So we were we were walking and like um, we uh, see uh, th- there was a, a handler who came over to us. And okay. So here's the thing. Like we're trying to get out of there. Okay. We, we did our thing. We get, we got Derek Shelton's autograph. We're now we're trying to get out. Like, you know, it's like war. It's like, you know, they dropped us in the middle of the combat zone. Now we have to get out to the chop, to the rescue chopper. So we're just trying to get out of the scene and like, and things are dying down at this point. It's starting to get a little hairy over there. Like um, the only people who are still hanging around are baseball nerds or ne'er do wells. Um, And so like, we're, we're trying to get out of the scene and, and, we're walking down Clark or down Addison and like there's two people walking towards us. One is a guy, one is like a, a just a guy in regular street clothes. And one is like a guy who's making a, a, an aggressive beeline to us to try to ask us for money. And he, and, and I was um, closer to the street. Uh, Jack was kind of like right head on with this, this guy coming over to us uh, t- for money. And, um, and I tuned him right, r- out right away because I know I realized the guy behind him was Michael Rucker, the pitcher for the Cubs. And I see him give like this, like nervous, like sideways glance at the guy asking for money. And, and probably also he might've thought he, he was heading into a hairy situation. And so the guy stops us, asks us for money and Michael Rucker kind of blows right past us and we were like jack was like no no sorry you know no money and like we, we passed by that guy so we all we all successfully passed um, but i'm like jack that uh, that was michael rucker pitcher uh, for the cubs and jack was like what no way and like you know he's like we we were like the guy basically c blocked us like yeah. from from trying to talk to this guy or get his autograph i don't think we were going to stop him anyway but like it was just a weird situation where like it was like a collision like four people like, like colliding at at one moment and uh, we all got out unscathed, but, uh, but like, yeah, it was just like, uh like, you know, guy trying to ask for money, pitcher for the Cubs, let's just get, uh, uh I'd like to get his autograph, but whatever, let's get out of here, and like, and like, you know, we, we made it out, but uh it was a hairy, it was a hairy situation, and of course, one last thing on our way out, um you know, of trying to, trying to have a successful day, um, almost, almost got uh, caught up there at the end.
0: Well, you know, Jeremy, I think it was actually still a pretty successful day, though. You know, between the game and the autographs and all the stuff that happened, it was actually uh, it was for, for kind of an impromptu game because we were just texting about this like on Wednesday. I was like, "What are you doing on Friday?" Yeah. Uh, you said nothing, and I was like, "Do you want to go to the game?" So it was pretty impromptu, and uh, yeah, it was a freaking success.
1: Yeah, it was good. I mean, like, yeah, like you know, if things could go great and like they could keep the uh, the, um, <laughs> the 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 near duels out of the uh, the the bus area. You know, I think w- things would be would be nice and we could just get an autograph and be cool, and maybe even say like one you know comment to the player where we that shows them that we know what we're talking about and we're not just a bunch of goofballs. Um but uh but yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Glad the Cubs ended up winning that game. It would have been a shame if they lost that game. If it was any other team that better than the Pirates, the Cubs probably would have lost that game after having a five-run lead. Uh so it was good all around and we saw uh couple of awesome home runs so good stuff who
0: knows jeremy maybe in a maybe in a future episode of rain delay theater i'm thinking one that might take place in 2031 perhaps we'll cross paths with that polish guy again
1: <laughs> but not not one year before that because it's a strict 10-year turnaround time so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah he does he does it on the ones yeah. so um yeah there you go all right folks well we're gonna wrap this one up in about an even 145 uh so for rain delay theater i'm jack
1: swakowski and I'm Jeremy D'Inicio. We'll see you next time. Later.